is Dr. Phil Fernandez, the Don King of Christian Apologetics. I'm the pastor of Trinity Bible Fellowship, the president of the Institute of Biblical Defense, and I teach Bible and philosophy at Kings West High School. This is the Christian Worldview on 820 AM KGNW. In the other room is the sound man, Kurt Frodo Rainier. How you doing tonight, Kurt? Pretty good, pretty good. So you all excited about another night here on KGNW? Another fast-paced, thrill-packed, incredible evening of radio broadcasting excellence. I don't know, though. I'm in a mellow mood. I might just kind of oh. slime on through it tonight. <laughs> but, uh, it's the uh, slime is kind of uh, radio etiquette for uh, uh, I'm out of gas. But I had a cup of coffee on the, on the ferry on the way over. And uh, typical of uh, ferry coffee, they, they make it so hot that you can't drink it till you get off the ferry, which makes it easier to clean the ferry. But um, whatever the case, I had my coffee, so I'm ready to go. And uh, speaking of coffee, now, you know, we're going to be talking about communism tonight, but speaking of coffee, um, Kofi Annan, or whatever his name is, the U.N. Secretary General, I'm really not concerned in pronouncing his name right, I didn't vote for the guy, and uh, but he's U.N. Secretary General, and he wants to uh, have a little bit more control of our lives, and so uh, so the United Nations is back in the news. And this was, uh, I think Rory set this aside for me from uh, World Net Daily. And uh, it's the title is UN Seeking Global Gun Control? Question mark. Conference moving toward plan that would regulate United States arms. And uh, real interesting article. Um, says the UN group is working toward establishment of an international system to register and regulate civilian possession of firearms according to a former congressman. That's uh, Georgia Republican Bob Barr. And uh, he says that the ultimate aim of many members of the conference on small arms is to outlaw personal ownership of guns altogether. And uh, this is great because these, these guys aren't even in our uh, country, and they want to tell us what to do. And, uh, and of course, uh, U.N. Secretary uh, General Kofi uh, Anand is uh, is an expert at uh, uh, disarming the populace. He did it in Rwanda so that they could uh, then be the people could then millions could be slaughtered with machetes, and uh, and now I guess the United Nations wants to do that here. I like the the name of this. Uh, it's a real catchy name of uh, this uh, week long conference. This was the first meeting of them, and they're they're called the biennial. Meeting of States on the Implementation of the Program of Action on Small Arms and Light Weapons in All Its Aspects. That's the name of it. That's like, whoa, who thought of that name? That guy's brilliant. That's, uh, that's great. Real catchy. And, uh, but at the beginning of the session, U.N. Secretary General Kofi Annan urged members to redouble efforts to curb small arms and light weapons. Um, he stated this, the United Nations remains firmly committed to prevent, combat, and eradicate the illicit trade of small arms and light weapons in all its aspects, he said. The crazy thing is, is uh, all right, knock it off. All right, good. But um, the, the crazy thing is, is that he considers the illicit trade of small arms and light weapons even legal, the legal sales of weapons. And the good thing is the group, group's not going to meet again until 2005. 
And they have a review conference scheduled in 2006. I guess that's to see how well they're doing. And well, you know, you can't have the total state and have the people be armed now. That would just be a little bit too dangerous. I mean, yeah. look at what's going on in Iraq right now. We're, we're still having guys killed left and right. And uh, I read an article here this week where there was almost an uprising in an Iraqi city because the American troops were in there along with the police who are members of the Ba'ath Party, and they were doing house-to-house -house search and yeah. seizures of weapons. Yeah. And the whole city basically went into revolt, and the coalition forces had to pull out of the city. Yeah. I mean, and this is the same stuff, you know. Yeah. With all due respect to the, the, the men who served uh, in Somalia, you know, the whole situation with Black Hawk Down, what a lot of people don't realize, yeah. they were doing the same thing in Somalia. Yeah, they were going in there and yeah. they were disarming the populace. And, and, it, and, and at a time when it was, you know, when people run around shooting other people, it's like that's when you need uh, weapons the most, firearms the most to protect yourself. And they're disarming the public. And uh, I'll tell you what, too. There's an article by William Norman Grigg, who we interviewed on the program uh, a couple months ago, and he makes a dynamite point. He says, you know, our most of these guys that are in the military right now, who are being trained in urban warfare and house-to-house -house search and seizure, these are the guys that are going to end up coming on board with our local, state, and federal yeah. law enforcement down the road. Yeah. And and guess what kind of mentality they're going to have based upon the training that yeah. they're getting right now. And well, I mean, that's something we better think about. It was uh, yeah. You remember uh, Bill Tinsley? He had we ran for Congress years ago, and and uh, he 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 thought that even the uh, the cops. You know, the police television programs that we would see was, um, you know, you just get so used to seeing cops beating up on people and cuffing them that he thought that that was an attempt to, to kind of uh, program Americans to accept more, pol you know, police state type tactics. But uh, whatever the case, things are not, not looking good. Um, uh, this article says that this is the U.N. knocking on our door to get our firearms and... Um, and is a major blow to our sovereignty. And uh, and uh, then they say at the end of the article that roughly 83 to there's roughly 83 to 96 guns per 100 people, um, and, and the United States is approaching. So I guess the numbers are going up. It's the most the United States the most armed country in the world. And, I have to say I'm doing and, my part. I'm holding and, up my uh, end. And uh, so the United States is approaching a statistical level of one gun per person. You know. Um, um, remember the 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 mantra in South Africa: one one vote, uh, one man, one vote. And um, uh, I think Thomas Jefferson would argue that it uh, it'd be better, an easier way to secure freedom if it were one gun per person, or you know, at least one gun per person. If each person was armed, yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot harder to enslave people. Um, who have the ability to defend themselves. Well, you know, the gun control crowd, they have nothing to stand on but hysteria, hype, and emotionalism because the facts are just not there. I mean, statistically, an armed populace is a safe yeah. populace. E even uh, even neocons have, have stated they've asked the uh, gun control nuts, uh, you know, that, that live in Tacoma or Seattle, you know, would you put a sign... In your, because they say, you know, if we get rid of weapons, we'll have a safer society, less crime and uh, less wars and that type of thing. And uh, so they, they've been asked time and time again, even by neocons, let alone true conservatives, um, would you put a sign in your front lawn, there are no weapons in my house? 
and obviously nobody's going to be dumb enough to do that because yeah. you, you've taken away the deterrent, yeah. uh, keeping criminals from from coming into your into well, your Well, the bottom house line is a weapon, a gun, a machete, anything. It's a tool, and you know the people that legally are law-abiding citizens that own firearms are not the ones out there committing crime with yeah. those firearms. Yeah. It's the scumbags and the criminals that are getting their guns illegally yeah. that will continue to do so even if we outlaw well, weapons. Well, you know, the, the same the same liberals from uh, back in the 60s that wanted to release hardcore criminals early and, uh, you know, send guys to prison for two to seven years for murdering somebody and then let them back out and walking the streets... The same guys that, you know, because uh, a high percentage of the crimes, like 85, 90% of the crimes are committed by like 7% of the populace. So if you just keep that 7% caged up, we can go back to the old days where, you know, one sheriff per town, yeah, you know, yep. and uh, uh, especially if the, if, if the people exercise their right to of bear course, arms. We also have to have the moral and ethical fiber to be able to, you know, I mean, yeah. you know, the whole point of our program, the Christian worldview, I mean, you and I and every Christian listening knows that the problem is not the gun, it's the heart of man. It's yeah. the sinful desires of our heart. And uh, as a human being, because uh, he or she is a human being, that human being has the right to protect themselves. And when the bad guys got guns, the good guys ought to, ought to be at least have the freedom to have them too. And uh, now you're speaking about William Norman Grigg, another... Uh, article uh, passed on to me uh, from Rory, uh, The Baghdad Bait and Switch is the title of it by William Norman Grigg in uh, uh, one of his columns for the New American, uh, day of June 30th, 2003. Um, he, uh, he talks about in this article several things, but the thing I want to focus on is the uh, that uh, President Bush, you know, he raised the ceiling on our national debt, uh, uh, to nearly uh, a trillion dollars, and then Greg argues that ultimately... Yeah, that doesn't mean the limit's at a trillion. I mean, yeah. he raised the he limit raised a, trillion a trillion above where yeah. it already was. And then it says, uh, ultimately, those costs will prove too much for our nation to bear alone, and this is setting the stage for where, you know, we're going to be forced into uh, this cooperative world order, um and the uh, Council of Foreign Relations has uh, recently put out a 148-page report, says Grigg, uh, entitled A New National Security Strategy in an Age of Terrorists, Tyrants, and Weapons of Mass Destruction. And they came up with a three-stage uh, process leading from the uh, present occupation of Iraq to this uh, cooperative world order administered by the UN. And so basically he's arguing that... Uh, <coughs> Here, George Bush put up this big front where he it was him against the UN, but in reality, he was saying, "I want yep. to enforce the UN mandates yep. um, through use of arms." And some in the uh, UN didn't want to, probably because they didn't want the United States and Great Britain rising to the top there. Um, but whatever the case. In the end, this guy's going to hand off the ball to the United Nations. Yeah, it's a sweet little principle of reversal situation there. I mean, you got it's. I hate it, but it's brilliant. I mean, you know, you hemorrhage the United States to go out there and build the new world order 
uh, employ preemptive warfare, which is not a concept of our founding fathers. And then, lo and behold, because it's such a burden and so taxing to our economy, now we have to end up giving it all over to the United Nations, which was the goal in yeah. the first place. Yeah, it's Isn't a, it a beautiful thing? It's a false dichotomy. It's just like you got to vote either Democrat or Republican, and there's no third choice. And it's the, the, the left and the right, and you find out that the both the left and the right are so far left that none of them are close to the, the, the true right and the true constitutional position. It's the same now. It's like the U.S. and the U.N. It's like neither or situation. Well, they're both moving in the same direction, and uh, and it, it's one of those deals I'm all for, like you know, the John Birch Society wanted us to get out of the United Nations. Um, but even if we did that, that wouldn't be the end of the, uh, Not of at the all. problem. Uh, nope. the, our imperialism is just getting out of hand. But, but Greg Enz's article with this little uh, uh, sentence, it's, it's reasonable to imagine a not-too-distant time when American servicemen and their families, weary of the burden of empire, would eagerly embrace transferring that burden to the United Nations. And so... You know, the occupation would then be... And ergo, the United Nations military that will be yeah. created to support that. Yeah, and so... Which would not leave room for nation states to have military no. anymore, only occupying police forces. Now, everybody's, you know, acting like, no, no, this isn't the case and all, but, you know, you get the uh, News Tribune, Tacoma, Washington, July 19th, 2003, and on the front page it says, the U.S. may be forced to turn to the U.N., and it says, peacekeeping administration wants help in managing Iraq and may have to mend fences with those who oppose the war. Uh, and it's, again, the whole article assumes that uh, George W. Bush really did oppose the U.N., when in reality he said in his speech, and we'll read some quotes from his speech before the United Nations, where uh, it was before the Iraqi war where he was arguing that we should go to war. When we come back from the break, we'll read some of his quotes to show that he clearly saw himself and the United States as uh, fulfilling a very important role of enforcing United Nations mandates. And so um, uh, this idea that uh, George W. Bush has taken on the U.N., if anything, he's been more serious about uh, fulfilling the goals of the U.N. than even the U.N. has been uh, itself. Now, we're going to be talking about communism tonight. We'll also be talking about the New World Order. It's all big government when, when everything goes through the wash. If you want to give us a call, you can call us on a local number, 206-374-8800. That's 374-8800. Or you can call us toll-free, 1-800-955-8200. That's 1-800-955-8200. This is the Christian Worldview. The Institute of Biblical Defense is an organization that believes and teaches that biblical Christianity is not reserved for the uneducated and unstable, as some would have us believe. We present and defend our faith to prove that point. Science, philosophy, history, archaeology, all the evidence points to an empty tomb outside Jerusalem, God's greatest miracle in an unbelieving world. If you'd like to learn more, check out the Institute at www.biblicaldefense.org or give us a call at 360-698-7382. Top of the morning to you, Roger. How are you doing, 
Have you had your tea this morning? Great spot thank you. Lovely. Now we can get on with our channeling. This morning, I think we're going to bring up the spirit of Joseph Stalin. Oh, Ready? Here we go. Oh, Mr. Stalin, come forth from the afterlife Ouch, and grant us wisdom. Ooh, that one sound good. Where will you be the day after you die? Trust you. Aw, oh, dude. Did you ever, like, look at the stars and wonder why they're, like, bright? Yeah, man. Like, I was wondering the other day why it all started. No, I don't know, but it's like they're everywhere. Wow. It's cool that I get to change my reality whenever I want to. No, cool. If you like discussing the big questions, you'll like the Christian worldview. Here at the Institute of Biblical Defense, we discuss the big questions, only without the hallucinogenic drugs. Dr. Phil Fernandez founded the Institute of Biblical Defense in 1990 for the purpose of defending the Christian faith and training others to do the same. If you'd like to contact the Institute, please call us at area code 360-698-7382 or write us at P.O. Box 3264, Bremerton, Washington, 98310 or visit our website at www.biblicaldefense.org. Dr. Phil Fernandez, the president of the Institute of Biblical Defense. This is the Christian Worldview on 8.20 a.m. KGNW. We're going to be talking about ugly big government tonight and communism. Communism is just one form of ugly big government. Um, And uh, we were talking about the uh, president, President Bush. Is our president really uh, butting heads with the U.N. or is he just another puppet of the UN's overall goals. I, I, I think, um, you know, when we talk about communism, and I'll be reading some excerpts from our upcoming book, uh, soon to be published, God, Government, and the Road to Tyranny, A Christian View of Government and Morality, and um, um, that book should be out probably within a, a month or two, um, and I'll be reading quotes where Marx and Engels, the founders of communism, used the Hegelian dialectic, you know, the idea of, uh, it was a kind of a simplistic view of Hegel's thought. Hegel's thought was actually much more complex than that, but you have the thesis, the the reigning idea that controls um, that particular generation, and then you have an antithesis, uh, the opposition to that view, and then the two are synthesized into a new truth, and truth is kind of you know, evolving and that type of thing. But uh, the globalists, whether they be of the communist type or or just the um, Council of Foreign Relations type, whatever, they really like using the simplified formula, uh, simplified uh, uh, type of the Hegelian dialectic where you end up with a thesis, the antithesis, and then something gets synthesized out of there. And right now, you know, you, it was for a while, it was um, the Cold War, the United States... Uh, versus the Soviet Union, and that got synthesized, and now we're all friendly with uh, with yep. Russia, and uh, and now it looks like it's the United States and the UN, and there's going to be a a, a synthesis or, or you whatever. You always but, have to have a bad guy. You need yeah. you, the principle of controlled conflict. You've always got to have some bad guy to be able to marshal everybody yep. around, so that people don't think about anything other than the task yep. at hand. And I mean, look at Orwell's 1984. Yep. 
three super states, you always had two at war with the third one, and they rotated. Yep. It was, uh, you know, you get the political left and the political right, and, uh, and globalists realized most people weren't ready for the far left ideology, and so what you end up doing is you end up synthesizing the right and the left so that you come up with a new right that is further left than before, and you just keep synthesizing it so that we get to today's situation with the present synthesis. Um, you know, George W. Bush, they speak of him as if he's like Tom, uh, Thomas Jefferson re, you know, reincarnated or something, as if he's totally constitutional when he's doing things that the Founding Fathers would totally oppose. And, uh, and he's out democrating the Democrats, raising the size of, of government and growing the size of government. Um, but just uh, his U.N. speech, um, let me just give you some excerpts from it. And this was before when uh, President Bush uh, wanted to convince the U.N. that we need to uh, lambast uh, Saddam Hussein and the Iraqi regime. He stated this, and I quote, We created the United Nations Security Council so that unlike the League of Nations, our deliberations would be more than talk, our resolutions would be more than wishes. And um, so he's, he's stating, hey, you know, we really need to, uh, you know, back up our talk and enforce what the U.N. says. And he's talking like, you know, we, like we're part of this U.N. and this is what it's all about. Um, he, he states, uh, as a symbol of our commitment to human dignity, oh, this is a, boy, I tell you, this is a, real loser of a statement. As a symbol of our commitment to human dignity, the United States will return to UNESCO. That's the United Nations Education and Scientific, all this other stuff. But it's, it's the, and you got to receive the applause for that because uh, you definitely want to indoctrinate people in, in this B.F. Skinner-like uh, education where you brainwash uh, people into, uh, you know, through uh, Goals 2000 and uh, outcome-based education. You train them to be uh, citizens of a global of the uh, of the world rather than American citizens, and um, and so the it's like the president said, hey, just to show you that we're committed to the UN and we're not trying to really do things apart from we don't really want to be a lone ranger. We're going to rejoin the uh, UNESCO program. Yeah, well, re that's real good for American rights. Um, and then talking about uh, he said 12 years ago, Iraq invaded Kuwait without provocation. And then he says, yet uh, this aggression was stopped by the might of coalition forces and the will of the United Nations. Now, and what about our uh, unprovocated attack into Iraq? I mean, there's no weapons of mass destruction. That was the big lie that got us in there in the first place. Yeah, and when everything, when it comes down to it, there were just, there was, uh, for, for every possible political view you could hold about the war with Iraq, this administration invented uh, a different reason why we were going to. If you're pro UN, they said, "Well, we're going to war. We're, we're going to do it for the UN. To do it for the UN to enforce the UN. Yeah. Otherwise, the UN's going to lose all its credibility." If you're opposed to the UN and um, and you're you're constitutional or at least leaning in that direction, you say we shouldn't go to war unless the United States uh, interests are at stake. They say, look, with these weapons of mass destruction, they are a threat, and we've uncovered some information that they are moving in the direction. Yeah. They're getting ready to use it against us. They've got direct ties to Al Qaeda. Blah 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 blah. Yada yada yada. And then um, and then they would turn around and just just for the 
just for the American that's like, well, I don't, you know, I don't like war, and I just, I just want everybody to treat everybody nice. It was like, well, he's not treating his people nice. Yeah, he's a he's, mean, bad. He's a mean guy. guy. He's, he's slaughtering his people. You know, you know, and then granted, Saddam Hussein is, you know, uh, the slime of the earth. Of course, so are the Chinese, but he's nowhere near as bad as the Chinese. He's nowhere as, status, bad, as Chinese, so nowhere as no. bad as what went on in Rwanda under yeah. uh, under uh, Kofi Annan before he uh, went the, went the global way. Um, Mes- message to W. Yeah. How about protecting the borders? Yeah, big time. If you really want to big look time. at U.S. national interest, protect the borders. And then he, then he says, um, um, he's talking about Saddam Hussein before the U.N. He says he has proven instead only his contempt for the United Nations and for all his pledges. He talks, he says, in 1991, Security Council Resolution 688 demanded that the Iraqi regime cease at once the repression of its own people. The demand goes ignored. And so he just goes on and on, giving giving UN reasons. Yeah. Like the UN has the right to tell anybody to do anything. I mean, all they are is a bunch of dictators at a a global level. Towards the... uh, Later on in his speech, um, President Bush says this, the conduct, this does not sound like a constitutional um, president. This does not sound like a, a guy who's really standing up for America, America's interests. says, the conduct of the Iraqi regime is a threat to the authority of the United Nations and a threat to peace. Uh, Iraq has answered a decade of UN demands. This was on uh, uh, the... The date, the date here says, yeah, oh, September 12th, uh, 2002, so a year after, a year and a day after September 11th. It says, Iraq has answered a decade of UN demands with a decade of defiance. All the world now faces a test in the United Nations, a difficult and defining moment. Are the Security Council resolutions to be honored and enforced or cast aside without consequence? Will the United Nations serve the purpose of its founding or will it be irrelevant? What's the purpose of its founding? I guess is to uh, to enforce peace. If you don't play by their rules, by international global rules, then they slam you uh, militarily. Well, that yeah. sounds that if that's not if that's not aggressively bringing about global government, I don't know. What well, and what was. happens too when down the road they make a decision? That's detrimental to the United States, and we say no. Yeah. What happens then? Yeah. yeah. When yeah. what happens when we uh, turn our nose at UN resolutions? Yeah. Yeah, and, it, and it's it's kind of I think the difference right now between a George W. Bush type Republican and a Bill Clinton type Democrat is that the, the Bill Clinton type Democrat says, "Look, we want the UN. America apologizes for ruining the world. We're we're the cause of all the world's problems according to the Clintons and um, and we just want to turn everything over to the UN you guys call the shots whereas the George W. Bush and George Bush Sr. It, it's it, it's more along the lines we want the UN to accomplish its goal more swift uh, goals more swiftly and we're willing to use United States uh, military hardware to bring that about but either way it's it, it's kind of like which version of uh, globalism do, do you want? Yeah. So, we, so we get to vote yeah. for a globalist. You know, we choice. have been so conditioned and so dumbed down in this nation that it just it astounds me how so many, I mean, the, the evidence is all there. 
It's just so many people refuse to put the pieces of the puzzle together because they cannot get their heads around it. And I don't even care if people think I'm a conspiracy nut because it's not a conspiracy anymore. No, no, I mean, it's, it's all over the just, place. Just watch CNN and take We notes. have to have the courage and the intestinal fortitude to start putting the pieces of the puzzle together and, and, and look at it for what it really is. Hey, I promise you, if you're our listeners, we will be talking about communism. Give us a call either on the uh, local line, 206 374-8800, that's 374-8800, or you can call us toll-free, 1-800-955-8200, that's 1-800-955-8200, this is the Christian Worldview on KGNW, 820 AM, uh, George Bush uh, further said in that speech on September 12, 2002, we want the United Nations to be effective and respectful and successful, um, we want the resolutions of the world's most important multilateral body to be enforced. So this is not, President Bush is not anti-UN. This guy is pro-UN, and anyone who says differently, um, I, uh, I recommend that you read this speech. Um, that was a speech, again, before the United Nations, before we actually uh, started lambasting uh, the Iraqi regime. Uh, he states this, my nation will work with the UN Security Council, we will work with the UN Security Council for the ne necessary resolutions, but the purposes of the United States should not be doubted, the security resolutions will be enforced. And so he really wants to make it clear to the UN that, hey, we're doing this for you, we're not going against you. And then he says this, and we will show that the promise of the United Nations can be fulfilled in our time. Now, what that tells me is that President Bush, George W. Bush, I know he's a man, much more of a man of character than, than Bill Clinton, um, but then again, uh, that's not too difficult to say about a lot of people. Um, but whatever the case, um, this guy is a globalist. This guy wants to see the United Nations eventually call the shots on a global scale, and that is not what our founding fathers had in mind. That is not what a true constitutionalist is. And um, I think we Christians need to stand against the spirit of the age. Come hear Pastor Phil Fernandez and Eric Purcell preach at Trinity Bible Fellowship. Trinity Bible Fellowship is a small, family church that meets at 10.30 a.m. on Sunday mornings at the Clear Creek Community Club, about one mile north of the Kitsap Mall. All are welcome. For further information, please call us at 360-698-7382. We're looking forward to seeing you. Hello, this is Eric Purcell, the co-host of The Christian Worldview. I'd like to invite you to attend the church services of Trinity Bible Fellowship. Come here, Pastor Phil Fernandez and I preach the Word of God. 10.30, Sunday mornings at the Clear Creek Community Club on Clear Creek Road in Silverdale, Washington. Just a short distance from the Kitsap Mall. That's Trinity Bible Fellowship, meeting at the Clear Creek Community Club in Silverdale, Washington. For more information, call 360-698-7382. And we're looking forward to seeing you on Sunday morning. The Institute of Biblical Defense is an organization that believes and teaches that biblical Christianity is not reserved for the uneducated and unstable, as some would have us believe. We present and defend our faith to prove that point. Science, philosophy, history, archaeology, 
All the evidence points to an empty tomb outside Jerusalem, God's greatest miracle in an unbelieving world. If you'd like to learn more, check out the Institute at www.biblicaldefense.org or give us a call at 360-698-7382. Top of the morning to you, Roger. How are you doing, mate? Have you had your tea this morning? Great small tea, thank you. Lovely. Now we can get on with our channeling. This morning, I think we're going to bring up the spirit of Joseph Stolen. Oh, my. Ready, here we go. Oh, Mr. Stolen. Come forth from the afterlife Ouch, and grant boy, us come. wisdom. Ah, 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 ah. Ew, that one sound good. Where will you be the day after you die? Trust Jesus. Hey, This is Dr. Phil Fernandez, The Christian Worldview on KGNW, 8.20 a.m. You know, uh, you know, Kurt, sometimes I regret cutting that, that album, but, uh, but you know, just, you got the talent, you got to use it, and uh, whatever the case, we have a caller, and it's Tony from Bremerton. Tony, how you doing? Hey, doing pretty good, Dr. Phil. Good, good. So you're working hard, huh? Well... Whenever I can. Good, good. Yeah, I I kind of miss Eric. Yeah, yeah, he's a good guy. That's for but, sure. But yeah, I know that uh, that what he's doing instead is probably a lot better than uh, a very powerful thing to do. Yeah, well, and he's uh, right now he's uh, he's actually out of the out of the country, you know, working. Um, he's he's on a secret mission for the for, institute, and for, for we the, can't we can't divulge his location. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I know. Okay. So what's on your mind, Tony? Well, um, I was able to listen a little bit between uh, between working, uh, a little bit about uh, your opening statement about uh, gun control, the Second yeah. Amendment. Yep. And uh, now I was raised in the backwater Podunk Redneck, USA, and and when I saw bumper stickers that said when guns are outlawed, only outlaws will have guns. Yep. I initially thought, well, that's great. Then all you got to do is find the people with guns and arrest them. Hey, you know, yeah. <laughs> but, well, uh, hey, but then, that's a that's a good point, though. That's a you know that basically uh, the only people that are going to turn in their weapons would be law-abiding people. The, the bad guys will never turn in their weapons. In fact, well, uh, yeah. yeah, I found that out when I went when I went to Japan, where where weapons are outlawed. You know, the police yeah. don't have guns. Nobody has guns except uh, my conversations with some of the uh, the yakuza, the, the Japanese mafiosi. Yeah, they got yeah. guns. Yeah. yeah, they were talking to me about how they were going to be going to San Francisco next week, pick up a gun, if I ever shot a gun, you know. They, I mean, they yeah. had guns. Well, Sammy the Bull uh, Gravano, uh, from uh, the guy that uh, spilled the beans on John Gotti, the hitman who had killed at least uh, 19 people in cold blood, uh, he was interviewed by some uh, liberal uh, magazine, and they asked him if he was for gun control, and they thought he would say that he's against gun control. And they would say, see, only evil murderers are against gun control. But instead he said, oh, yeah, I'm all for gun control because it makes my job a lot easier knowing that the guy I got to kill probably is unarmed. And so uh, so the liberal media didn't like that too much. But uh, yeah. um, but whatever the case, yeah, it's, uh, it's something. I, I think it's just what it comes down to. As human beings, we have the right to protect ourselves. And the founding found fathers believe not only do we have the right to protect ourselves from criminals, but even from uh, a government, if the government ends up uh, 
becoming too large and trying to infringe on our freedoms and trying to enslave us. I, yeah, because I also noticed in Japan where, where you can't get a gun, people will still be killing each other right and left. They just have to use, like, knives. Yeah. Things. Oh, yeah, yeah. If you, if, if you got rid of all guns, then, uh, then there would be uh, shovel control people who would try to take away our right to own shovels, and, and then the guys who did own the shovels would start beating us up. But, but the, uh, the thing is that once the technology is there, you know, there's always going to be people smart enough to make their own um, homemade guns, and then they're going to be ruling and uh, forcing their will down the throats of others. And so the safest thing is to uh, is to basically allow, uh, just like the apostles, they carried around a couple swords with them, and um, Jesus found that out on the night that he was betrayed. He told the apostles, "If you don't have any swords, sell your, you know, sell an extra cloak and and buy a sword." And they said, "Well, we have two of them." And uh, so Jesus said, okay, well, that's, that's good, because he wanted them to be protected. Um, yeah. He was going to die for mankind. He didn't want them um, to die. So um, so as human beings, we have the right to protect ourselves. I mean, as bad as the Roman Empire was, if they saw two non-Roman citizens, uh, let's say the, you know two of the apostles walking around with swords, you know, one Roman soldier might uh, nudge the other Roman soldier and say, you know, hey, hey, that, uh, that Jew has a, has a, uh, a sword. And the other Roman soldier would look at the rookie and say, well, duh, he's a human being. He's got the right to protect himself. Now, if he starts trying to kill somebody with it, then we'll intervene. But, you know, he's a human being. He's got the right to protect himself. I, it's really weird. We're being programmed to, to, the, point, to the point where I was, uh, I was driving home one day, and um, I, I think it was just... Just spring had just come around, and uh, and I saw this navy guy walking down the street with a baseball bat over his shoulder, and I actually felt like you know, man, maybe I should call nine one one. And then it was like, wait, 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 what am I, what am I thinking? But we're just programmed to think, guy's got a bat in his hands, must be a bad guy. Now, in reality, he was probably only going to be playing baseball. But supposing he felt like carrying a baseball bat with him so nobody would would mug him downtown. What's wrong with that? But all of a sudden, even I'm programmed to think that if some guy has a baseball bat, he must be a bad guy. Well, not necessarily. And they, even if uh, even if it's there for purposes other than baseball, but human beings have the right to protect themselves, and that right is being taken away or being infringed upon on a regular basis. And now the UN wants to come here and um, and and take our firearms away. Uh, anything else, Tony? Oh yeah, just just one more thing. I've got like about a minute and a half before sure. I try to get back to work. But uh, I wanted to ask. Now you keep mentioning your books every now and then. Do you have any of your books on tape? Um. Oh yeah. Wasn't it the uh, the the God who sits enthroned? I I believe I believe we do, and uh, we'll have to check in the uh, back in the IBD um, file cabinets and all. But um, um, but uh, we'll look into that for you. Great, I could use them on my uh, commute. All right, well, good deal. Well, God bless you, Tony. Thanks a lot for calling. All right, this is uh, the Christian Worldview, KGNW, 820 AM. If you want to give us a call, we're talking about communism. Uh, Local number, 206-374-8800. And the toll-free number is 1-800-955-8200. That's 1-800-955-8200. you know, Kurt, I'm going to read a little excerpt from uh, a chapter uh, from our upcoming book, God, Government, and the Road to Tyranny, the Christian View 
and, and it's the chapter 5, The Christian View of Communism. I'm going to just read a couple paragraphs um, from that, which just gives a little overview of what communism is. It's, it uh, reads as follows. Marx and Engels viewed the history of human societies as the struggle for wealth and private property. Human history is determined by the relationships of labor, that's the working class, to ownership. This is called economic determinism, the theory that economic factors control the movement of history and the destiny of man. Marx and Engels saw the future determined by the class struggle between the proletariat, that's the working class, and the bourgeoisie, the owners of the means of production. History was unfolding from one economic system to another. In the end, profit and private ownership, both, both are considered evil by Marxists. Uh, in the end, profit and private ownership would be removed and a perfect classless society would be ushered in. The arrival of the final utopian stage of human history could be accelerated through the revolution of the working class. And, um, and it goes on and, uh, and, and states, uh, Marx and Engels accepted a simplified version of Hegel's dialectic they simplified it to where there's a thesis and then the antithesis um, that uh, objects or uh, reacts to or tries to refute the leading ideology. And then they're blended. Instead of one being true and the other being false, they're synthesized to form in, into forming a, a, a new truth. And, um, and uh, so this became known as dialectical materialism since Hegel himself was an idealist. Only ideas existed with Marx and Engels, they were materialists, only matter exists, and, uh, and that was their view of history. Now, Marx and Engels believed that God did not exist and that religion is harmful, it is a drug that intoxicates man and dulls his senses so that he does not see the e economic alienation uh, that he is suffering. Uh, if a man was to be truly free, uh, then uh, religious superstitions would have to be overcome, according to Marx and, uh, and Engels. Now, they accepted Darwin's theory of evolution, the idea of the survival of the fittest, and, um, and so they called for revolution, and that would be followed by a dictatorship of the working class, dictatorship of the proletariat, until the day when the classless society would be achieved, and then supposedly, supposedly they're going to just hand over the uh, control of society as if dictators are in the business of doing this. I've taken over for your well-being, and now we're going to hand the ball off. How, how how can you have a dictatorship of the working class? Yeah. I mean, you know, dictatorships of more than, like, ten people just really don't work that well. Yeah, yeah. well, and the thing is, is that that's where Soviet communism comes in. Soviet communism is... Uh, much closer to Marxist communism than most people realize. However, the main difference is that the Soviets rejected the dictatorship of the proletariat. They saw. I, I don't. I don't. I don't know any way that the working class could rule. They've got to have some kind of representatives. Yeah. And in the Soviet Union, what they did was they took the professional revolutionaries. Yep. And they said, you know, the working class can't rule. But these revolutionaries, they're, they're experts yeah, at killing smart, people. We the wise guys and, in uh, there. And so hence you get the Lenins and the Stalins. And, it sounds and a lot so like can, the Council on Foreign so, Relations and our uh, government leaders today that want to rule yeah. things. And, and, it, and so, uh, you know, let's put the guys in charge that, uh, that can slaughter, and they'll be part of this tra uh, transitional dictatorship. 
but then in the end, they'll, the dictators will relinquish their power, um, and uh, the world will, you know, enter into this w one world, this globalist, uh, classless society. And uh, you know, and a lot of Christians think, well, this is. I, I heard one uh, one person told me that uh, I sum up communism in one word: sharing. Oh. And I said, well, that's that's great, but uh, Karl Marx summed it up in one phrase: the abolition of private ownership. Yeah. And uh, there's a big difference between sharing what you have with others, yeah. which is what the early church did yep, in Acts absolutely. chapter 2. Big difference between that and um, the government taking what you have and redistributing yeah. it as it feels. The apostles feels didn't go right. around with holding swords at the throats of the disciples and extorting money yeah. from them. Yeah. And um, now, there's, there's two other uh, types of communism that we need to mention briefly. Um Antonio Gramsci was uh, an Italian uh, communist, and um, he believed that the Marxist goals uh, should be attained through evolution, the gradual change of society rather than, rather than revolution. He understood religion was too powerful to overthrow from the outside, so he wanted religion, the media, the schools to be infiltrated by communists uh, at the grassroots level and then rise to the top and evolve the society towards Marxist goals. We'll talk a little bit more about communism. This is the Christian Worldview on KGNW 820. Aw, oh, Gene, did you ever like look at the stars and wonder why they're, like, bright. Yeah, man, like, I was wondering the other day why it all started. No, I don't know, but it's like, they're everywhere. Wow. It's cool that I get to change my reality whenever I want to. Yeah, cool. If you like discussing the big questions, you'll like the Christian worldview. Here at the Institute of Biblical Defense, we discuss the big questions, only without the hallucinogenic drugs. Dr. Phil Fernandez founded the Institute of Biblical Defense in 1990 for the purpose of defending the Christian faith and training others to do the same. If you'd like to contact the Institute, please call us at area code 360-698-7382 or write us at P.O. Box 3264, Bremerton, Washington, 98310 or visit our website at www.biblicaldefense.org. Come hear Pastor Phil Fernandez and Eric Purcell preach at Trinity Bible Fellowship. Trinity Bible Fellowship is a small family church that meets at 10.30 a.m. on Sunday mornings at the Clear Creek Community Club, about one mile north of the Kitsap Mall. All are welcome. For further information, please call us at 360-698-7382. We're looking forward to seeing you. Hello, this is Eric Purcell, the co-host of The Christian Worldview. I'd like to invite you to attend the church services of Trinity Bible Fellowship. Come here, Pastor Phil Fernandez and I preach the Word of God, 1030 Sunday mornings at the Clear Creek Community Club on Clear Creek Road in Silverdale, Washington, just a short distance from the Kitsap Mall. That's Trinity Bible Fellowship, meeting at the Clear Creek Community Club in Silverdale, Washington. For more information, call 360-698-7382. And we're looking forward to seeing you on Sunday morning.
Dr. Phil Fernandez, the president of the Institute of Biblical Defense and the host of the Christian Worldview on KGNW, 8.20 a.m. We're talking about communism. We're going to be wrapping the program up. But you still have time to give us a call. The local line is 206-374-8800. That's 374-8800. Or you can call us toll-free, 1-800-955-8200. That's 1-800-955-8200. Now, we were talking about Gramscian communism, the idea that rather than through revolution, you bring about the communist state through evolution, and so he believed that the, uh, the churches, the schools, the media, and the arts needed to be infiltrated and taken over by communists. Now, Trotskyite communism, of course, Trotsky fell out of favor with the uh, regime uh, over there in uh, the Soviet Union and was uh, actually assassinated in Mexico. Um, but he also liked the idea of evolving towards the Marxist state but he combined that as well with the idea of uh, um, getting involved in in non-provoked wars and things of that sort. So, um, in fact, there's a recent uh, July 14, 2003, The New American, uh, small article titled Trotsky's Ghost in the White House, question mark, and... Um, the John Birch Society has argued for a long time that neoconservatives claiming to be conservatives are at actually, they're opposed to Marxist communism, um, but they're actually uh, Trotskyite communists. Yeah, big time. And they're for big government, but they don't believe in bringing about big government through revolution. But, but one of the main pillars um, of that is uh, getting involved uh in in non-provoked wars, you, you know, where you, where you just basically say, okay, well, we'll we'll use war here supposedly to do good to further the cause. So you actually use the the militaries um, of governments and and things of that sort. But whatever the case, um, if you just if you just took a simplistic, overly simplistic definition for communism and just said big government, big dictatorship, then um, we have multitudes of communists in our in our midst, but to me, that's not even the the main issue. The main issue is just that big, all controlling government, big brother type government, is evil, whether or not it's classified as communistic or socialistic or fascistic, or uh, or as a fascist state or Nazism, whatever name it goes by, it's still the same. Uh, ugly thing, now, and, what, it, and it's antithetical to a republican form of government, which and, is what we're supposed to have. Yeah, and, and it's antithetical as well to to biblical Christianity. Absolutely, where the government is the servant of the people, and God instituted human government to protect human life because human life is worth protecting. We were created in God's image, the doctrine of creation. Um, but also we need protecting the doctrine right. of the fall. Mankind is falling. And even, fallen. The, even the state is answerable to God. Yeah, and the state has a limited role. God didn't institute uh, the state to perform the roles of the family or the church. And um, and so when the state tries to take total control, you know, I, I used to joke and say, you know, government is getting so big that someday the government's going to want to brush your teeth for you. I used to joke about that. And then a few years ago, they wanted to put fluoride in the waters for the purpose of preventing tooth decay. And um, but uh, you know, it's it just it's just getting out of you know. 
if, if the government is going to get so big that it can take away our freedom to fail, then it has to also take away our freedom to succeed. It has to take our free, away our freedom to be all that God called us to be. Now, in uh, W. Cleon Skousen's book, The Naked Communist, um, he's a former FBI agent, and he shows how the Communist Party in America uh, uh, attempted to take over America from within. But when you look at some of the 45 goals uh, of the Communist Party in America, um, uh, and sometimes it was, it, you know, sometimes the globalists will want a strong America, like right now. And that serves the global purpose. Other times they would use communism as a pawn to weaken America. And so some of these things you'll, you will see that we America went through a stage where we were weakened, but now we're in a stage where we're getting stronger and, and that type of thing. And again, the, this, the synthesizing, the Hegelian dialectic is at work. Um, but just listen to, to some of these. Uh, goal number three, develop the illusion that total disarmament by the United States would be a demonstration of moral strength. And so you had the no nukers, and then the Soviet Union was rising in nuclear power, and it brought the uh, the Cold War um, to a head. Uh, number four, permit free trade between all nations regardless of communist affiliation and regardless of whether or not items could be used for war. Oh, boy, we got and, that going on. Number six, provide American aid to all nations regardless of communist domination. In fact, now we're in the... <laughs> we actually aid in the uh, communist overthrow of other nations. Yep. Number seven, grant recognition of Red China and admission of Red China to the United Nations. Well, that's that's past history there. Um, number 11, promote the United Nations as the only hope for mankind. If its charter is rewritten, demand that it be set up as a one-world government with its own independent armed forces. You know, by the way, this book was written in the early 1960s. Yep. So... Um, um, and then, in, and then it states: uh, Some communist leaders believe the world can be taken over as easily by the UN as by Moscow. Um, number fifteen: Capture one or both of the political parties in the United States. The Democratic uh, Convention, their their platform, sounded like the forty-five goals of the Communist Party a few years back. But now, the same can be said for the Republican Party in many of these areas. Um, use technical number sixteen: Use technical decisions of the courts to weaken basic American institutions by claiming their activities violate civil rights. Number 17, uh, get control of the schools. Use them as transmission belts for socialism and current communist propaganda. Soften the curriculum. Get control of teachers' associations. Put the party line in textbooks. Number 20, infiltrate the press. Number 21, gain control of key positions in radio, TV, and motion pictures. Um, number 22, continue discrediting American culture by degrading all forms of artistic expression. Um, uh, it says, uh, an American communist cell was told to eliminate all good sculpture from parks and buildings, substitute shapeless, awkward, and meaningless forms. They've been to Seattle. Um and the list goes on and on here, and uh, maybe we'll just finish reading that list next week, and then we'll move on to uh, uh, another topic. But when you look at the, the goals of the Communist Party to take over America from within, 
one after another. They will, they'll talk about later on having the federal government take control of transportation and take control of communications and take control of this and take Which control of that. Which we really have right now through regulation. We've got it right now. Neither the Republican nor the Democratic Party is opposed to it and wants it to go on that way. Now, if you want more information about the Institute of Biblical Defense, um, go look us up on our website, www.biblicaldefense.org. That's biblicaldefense.org. We've got audio and video cassettes, certificate programs, training Christians in the defense of the Christian faith. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, God bless you. We'll be talking at you next week. <laughs> 